Hello and welcome to the sixth edition of Blind Squirrel Macro, the pod. This is your Blind Squirrel speaking. This podcast is as ever a companion to our weekly newsletter which you can find for free at blindsquirrelmacro.com. That letter usually contains graphics, charts and a multitude of links that I may refer to in this pod. It also contains our portfolio update and a review of our Acorn trade ideas. Every week I record an episode based on the feature article from my Monday morning note which covers a current business or finance topic hopefully in under 20 minutes. I've not yet mastered audio editing software and so record it in a single take so please forgive any stumbles. But before we start a very quick message from Legal. Everything in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is categorically not investment advice. Before making any investment decisions for heaven's sake don't listen to a cartoon rodent. Talk to a financial advisor. We're going to talk about seasonality and other market superstitions this week in a piece called Seasonality and the St. Ledger. Having only moved to the Southern Hemisphere last year, I'm still getting used to seasons feeling like they're at the wrong time of year. Spring is starting to emerge here down under, and this week's edition comes to you from the beach, which is beautiful. In the old adage, investors are encouraged to sell in May and go away. The modern interpretation of going away suggests that a return to the market is appropriate around, at around Halloween in October, in time for the strong end-of-year Santa Claus rally. However, in the original version of that truism, investors were supposed to return to the markets after St. Ledger Day. St. Ledger Day was this past Saturday. Now, St. Ledger is not the patron saint of bag holders. The St. Ledger The third and final classic flat race of the British horse racing season takes place at Doncaster Racecourse in Yorkshire in the north of England in mid-September. I was actually disappointed to learn that the name of the race has nothing to do with the saints of the godly variety. It was named in 1776 after an Irish army officer turned politician called Major General Anthony St. Ledger. There is not a halo or a cautionary market tale in sight. Incidentally, Charles and Camilla will have to wait for the Santa Claus rally themselves this year. King Charles's horse came in third on Saturday, um, having been tipped to win. The British monarchs have not had a classic winner since 1977. The topic of seasonality in asset markets is hotly debated to this day. Spectra Markets' Brent Donnelly has written about it extensively. I link to a free piece he's written in the letter. Brent is primarily an FX guy, but his observations on equity flows are instructive. Then we have to look at the modern world and the impact of options. Equity options have been around for a lot less time than the St. Ledger, but Chem Karsan's insight into the contribution of option dealing, option dealer hedging flows to seasonal market behaviour, particularly around major quarterly expiries, is compelling. You should watch the video link in there. It's only five minutes. His conclusion is that flows will always trump macro narratives until they do not. (laughs) Has to say that, otherwise this game would be way too easy. Anyway, back to Brent. I keep a copy of his most excellent trader handbook and almanac on my desk. The entry for today suggests that if you've not yet made any money on your gold mining stocks so far, seasonality deems that you should sell them right away, as today is a major seasonal peak for GDX, which is the main gold miner ETF. However, the entry for last Friday reads, The worst seasonal period for stocks starts today and runs until October the 9th. Now, 2022 was a textbook example of this negative seasonality before the post-UK gilts crisis turnaround in global risk asset markets. 
Was the big rally in Q4 a textbook Santa Claus rally, or was it more, much more a function of massive central bank intervention with liquidity? As to this year, selling in May would have been very expensive for the profit and loss account. Apart from a minor bump in early August, equity markets have gone up in a straight line since May. As to now, and this scariest moment for seasonality, institutional asset allocators certainly have not got the memo. According to Bank of America, last week saw the largest weekly inflow into equities since March 2022. As we discussed last week, with equity volatility continuing to fall, the machines of the vol targeting funds generally remain hungry for equities. Judging by inflows into the triple Qs, the NASDAQ 100 ETF, it's been a summer of buying tech stocks. And it was certainly a strong summer in the credit markets. Credit spread tightening has almost completely wiped out the impact of rising interest rates for corporate bond investors over the course of the last few months. So after sell in May proved to be lousy advice this year, is everyone now trying to front run the year end rally? Flows are coming into the market after a small dose of fear in July and a little bit in August. Sentiment does not feel remotely stretched. Just take a look at CNN's Greed and Fear Index. The, the readings are right now, right, right now back at the middle, at neutral. So let's run through the items on the wall of worry that equity markets are currently climbing. Number one, we have a treasury market that fill, fill, still feels like it wants to press new lows in price or highs in yield. We saw last week that Saudi holdings of US treasuries are down over 40% since February of 2020. As you know, the squirrel is not in the doom lord, new bricks, new bricks currency, de-dollarization camp. But this point about the Saudis, alongside similar stats that I've shared before, read the trend in Chinese and Japanese US Treasury holdings, should be a cause for concern for Mrs. Yellen. Number two, and on the topic of the US dollar, the DXY dollar index is sitting above 105 and looks to be building momentum. A forceful break of the 200-day simple moving average and, and then a, a convincing retest, it looks pretty robust. On a side note, remember that the DXY has a very heavy, heavy euro weighting, which is skewing the story. We suspect that ECB President Madame Lagarde is in policy error zone. Then we have number three. We saw yet another strong week, week for crude oil this time accompanied by a tick up in oil volatility that we were looking for and actually which was one of the triggers for the offshore oil services acorn that we published at the end of last week and then finally let's not expand uh, let's not forget the expanding laundry list of potential geopolitical climate or other risks that could upset asset markets i guess the ultimate all clear sign for risk uh, risk markets is the reemergence of ipos be very careful of this indicator I completely agree with Fink's Tim Vollen's decimation of the ARM IPO. In my view, the only thing that Wall Street, Wall Street has proven with the IPO of ARM is that the physics of tight stock, i.e. a large company with a small, if, if not tiny, free float, um, the physics of that, that type of IPO are as yet unbeaten. I would encourage keen IPO investors to familiarise themselves with the wartime three-on-a-match superstition. This was the belief that when the soldier lit his cigarette, the enemy would see the light. When the second soldier lit his cigarette from the same match, the enemy would take aim at the target. And when the third soldier lit his cigarette from the match, the enemy would fire and that soldier would be shot. We have more thoughts on the Instacart IPO in the Acorn Review this week, but it looks like Instacart is set to be number three out of the IPO gate. <laughs> 
be careful what you wish for. Last Friday's big um, options expiry saw my out-of-the-money NASDAQ 100 put options go to put option heaven. Given all of the above that we've just talked about, I confess to feeling somewhat naked without them. That's all for this week on the pod. Um, in the in the Acorn review, I've given a lot of coverage to agricultural commodities. They nearly merited a front section in their own right this week. And of course, uranium, which has had a completely standout week. Thank you for listening. Please find out more about the squirrel at blindsquirrelmacro.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at squirrelmacro. And please leave a rating or review in your app. And I hope to catch you again here next week. Squirrel out. <laughs>